This is the G Podcast with your host, Tommy B. Bring into the conversation, President and CEO of the NAACP, Derek Johnson. Mr. Johnson, thanks so much for being with us this morning. The NAACP had been calling for a minimum of $50,000 of student debt relief. What's your reaction to the president's announcement yesterday? I think this is a great step in the right direction. Our goal is to ensure that American citizens have an opportunity to get out of the student loan debt crisis. Unlike other debt, it is a super debt. You cannot even get out of it in bankruptcy. The prior the prior administration had a president who filed 9, 10, 11 bankruptcies to alleviate his debt. But for student loan borrowers, these are teachers. These are hardworking Americans who make this economy go, who ensure that our government is intact. They needed some relief. But in addition to, to that, the interest that's charged on the student loan is greater than a, a, a federally back business loan. And so we have put people before profit in this case. So I celebrate this administration for taking this important step as we continue to close the racial wealth gap. You've spoken and written about uh, and given some good perspective on the dilemma that faces a student, a black American who wants to take out a loan to go to college. They begin with less wealth. They take out a larger loan then they owe more money over a longer span of time. And the cycle continues. Um, Can you talk a little bit about, Mr. Johnson, how this might alleviate some of that? Well, because this administration is also seeking through rulemaking to simplify the process, more students can navigate higher education in a way in which they can understand how best to position their ability to pay for college. But let's be clear. We have a structural problem. That structural problem started because states decided to give tax breaks to the super rich as opposed to funding higher education. We have a structural problem because the the Pell Grant that was put in place did not keep pace with the rising cost of tuition. We have a structural problem as opposed to ensuring that we have a future of educated Americans. We allow universities to start looking at profit motives as opposed to preparing our young people for a future. On yesterday alone, I received a text from a colleague who thanked us for our advocacy because her 75-year-old mother is still paying student loans. That's unconscionable. We should do better by our citizens and put people above profits. And because of that, I commend this administration for doing something and have the courage to do it in the face of the current political reality. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to episode 143. Yes. And you know... I wanted to start with that clip because, candidly, that's a conversation in a lot of black households. And I, it's a conversation in mine. I mean, it wouldn't be if it were just me. But, but you know, it's a conversation in a lot of black households. And, and it's not going to dominate the news, our conversation. Uh, very thankful to have the one and only Rob Redding Jr. Redding News Review in the house. And I'll get to him in just a minute. But, um, you know, this is a conversation that, quite frankly, uh, doesn't get framed in the mainstream media. And I'm going to mention why I don't think the right conversation is being had currently in the media. And, and we'll get to that when we get to Rob and, and we do our introductions. But again, this is episode 143. This is the G Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy B. And every week we do news, politics, that pop culture and that piping hot tea from the one and only. Y'all give it up for Tanya B. Almost yeah, didn't get yeah, your name yeah. out, Tanya B. I was so, I'm so hyped, you know. It, it, I don't know if it's the five. Uh, I get like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yes, uh, how you doing? How you doing? It's the. Uh, uh, I'm cool. Uh, yeah. I have recovered from the birthday weekend. <laughs> but no, it wasn't the birthday weekend. It was the birthday month. Uh, the birthday month. month. I'm sorry. The birthday month. <laughs> That's yes. what I'm talking about. So yes, uh, again, thank I, for the fourth time, happy birthday, uh, Tanya B. Thank you, thank you. I just got one thing I have to say to you. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I just want to thank you know all the folks that have been engaging and uh, you know really uh, showing the show some love. I really appreciate that. And I just want to give you a heads up now. Uh, next week on Labor Day weekend, <laughs> I usually do my classic backyard barbecue jams, but I'm doing something different. I'm doing the siblings of soul. So think of all the great groups wow. that had siblings mm. over the last forty years. And they're still out there dipping it and doing it today, which is proof that R&B is not dead. So if you like everybody from the Isleys and the Wilson Brothers and the Gap Band, I got the Jacksons, I got the Whispers, I got Cool in the Gang, the Jones Girls, the Emotions. 
Good stuff. Well, you know, so, immediately um, when you Slay, said so, yeah. when you said siblings, I thought of the twins. I thought of of the whispers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but you know, cool. there's Levert. There are the yeah, Wiggins so brothers and the Tony, Tony, Tony. So I'm telling yeah. you, we are going to get it in Good next stuff. weekend. Y'all. I can't wait. Go yep. ahead, give it for time to be already. All right. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. My brother from another mother. Uh, you know, Vi has. You know, he, he's the most popular guy on the planet. It's just like everybody flies in. <laughs> At the last minute to visit by. I mean, is that the case or is, is, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to jump to conclusions to the end of the show, but I'm going to yeah, put that I off. I, I just wanted to mention the pride of Mary Persons high school for Scythe, Georgia representing Columbus. He's not with us, but uh, congratulations. His Falcons won. I wanted to mess with him about the Falcons. Uh, uh, finally, you know, it's preseason, but you know, September 11th, we'll see what they do. Uh, again, I mentioned the name and, and it's always, you know, an honor and a pleasure to have Black Talk royalty in the building again. There he is. I don't know if you he can hear me if he, t- if he put t- took his headphones off. No, I hear you. Black talk royalty. I like that. The king of independent talk. America's independent voice. Rob Redding, author, artist. Uh, congratulations on your recent graduation, too, man. I, I do want to you. you know, definitely give it up uh, to you for that. Let, let me you. ask you, you. Can I ask? I'm, I'm going to ask you now. How many degrees? What, where are you now? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, hey, hey, two we... doctors. <laughs> Dr. Redding. You know, too damn many. That's Dr. for Redding. sure. Yeah, no. Nope. I, you know, my sister's like, you need to go get your PhD. And I'm like, no, bitch. <laughs> you go get my PhD. <laughs> but for real, man. I mean, where, I, mean I, I do have to, you know, definitely. And and, and you're in New York. So so give us, yeah. you know, what's the what's the education journey, man? Come on. Come on. Spill it. <laughs> that hustle for that tuition <laughs> is something else. I can tell you that because in New York, there's nothing under 60K. That's what I'm I mean, saying. Really? Yeah. <laughs> no. They're like, well, you know, you can stay another semester. I'm like, no, bitch, I can't. I got to go. <laughs> I got to go. Hey, you know what? Hey, 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 Rob, it's funny. Yeah. Because I, you know, I've I've got the educated folks in the in, in my house. And at the end, when it's about to close out, somebody's always offering, hey, you know, you can get a certificate. Uh, and, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Bring your ass right. home. Come home. <laughs> exactly. Now, look, let me just say something in case you're yeah. a woman and you got offended with me saying bitch. No, no. My yeah, bitch no. is non-binary. It's a non-binary bitch. You heard that? Non-binary. That's off the dome. I just made that up. I just made that up. I swear to God it did. But again, uh, the, the website is Reading News Review. Dot com uh, every Sunday at noon. You know, we we're really uh, I mean, the, the conversation every week, you, you just never know. It's never predictable. Uh, we, we play his show at noon. We repeat it uh, every Sunday at noon. And then we also play repeat episodes uh, weeknights, overnights, late nights, midnight to six, because all the content, the information he's given is relevant. It's probably, in my opinion, and I say this to a lot of people when it comes down to truly understanding what's going on. And giving it from an independent view, Rob Prilly pretty much on the black side is one of few people, the few people who do it. And the reason I say that is because a lot of uh, even black pundits and and some of the MSNBC and, and CNN are so in pocket, they get talking points. You know, they're in lockstep with, you know, one or, one party or another. And, and it's just good to hear. Uh, you know, somebody who's who's, you know, really just giving it to it, you know, straight no chaser. So, you know, I applaud you, man, uh, for for doing that every single week. And, and of course, you know, Rob going back, Rob was at one point uh, a music jock. He was on air uh, doing seven to midnight in, in Macon, Georgia. Uh, he was yeah. a program director uh, in Shreveport. Uh, where he oversaw stations in Shreveport, right? Was it Shreveport? Monroe, uh, Mon- Monroe, Monroe. Yeah, I get, yeah. I get those markets mixed up. Uh, he's all, he, he was also with Sirius XM. We're gonna talk just a little bit about that. You did the Sirius XM thing too, as well. Am I right, Rob? Talk. Yeah, for about six years. Yeah, about six <clears throat> years. And mm-hmm. you know, so so when when Rob does it, Rob is not just a a rookie out here talking. You know, when I when I threw, I, I said, Rob, hey man, I'm gonna send you 
uh, you know, points and, and some questions. Rob said, man, I do this shit for a living, dog. <laughs> don't, don't be texting me, you know, what you're going to talk about. I'm I'm on top of everything. Let's just talk about it. And and that's the way, you know, that's what I appreciate about him, man. Thank you again. Really appreciate you being on, man. You you, you do your thing. Thanks for yep. thanks for having me. It's always a great being on the show. It's it's an incredible show. And last week I was listening to some of the great radio folks like Mike Roberts. Mike Roberts, who does your news, he's an amazing, he's an icon. There's nobody that this, you know, Tommy B knows is too shabby. That's not too that's that's not worth talking about. That's shabby. Uh, that that's half, you know, so just to be in the collection here with T- with Tanya B and Tommy B, I, I just I, I I'm I'm just graced by greatness. Oh, my God. We didn't pay you for that. You know that, right? No, no, no. But I'm hoping you will. <laughs> the check. Oh, you know, Rob, the check is in the mail. <laughs> well, look, I just graduated with the master's, my second master's. So yeah, I'm going to yeah. need all the money I can get. <laughs> I know that's right. But, you know, Rob, we are. And, and let's do this. We're going to do the news. Uh, you just mentioned Mike Roberts, Syracuse Mike is what we call him. Um, we. I want to go ahead and do news. I wanted to go ahead and play the NAACP's response first, starting the show, um, because I, I do think that's something we definitely need to dive into. I think definitely, you know, based on what you just told me with the two masters, uh, you know, it's definitely relevant to you and it's relevant to a lot of black households. So what we'll do is go ahead and do news with Syracuse Mike and we'll come back on the other side and talk about it. All right. Appreciate it. News team. for the week in news with Syracuse Mike. Three people were shot in Midtown Atlanta and two of them died Monday afternoon in what was first described as an active shooter incident. Initially, police thought there might be more than one shooter. Atlanta Interim Police Chief Darren Sheerbaum. The lookout for both of the uh, shooters we found out quickly was the same person. It was a female matching the same description. When officers arrived at the first shooting, they found two people shot at the condos at 1280 West Peachtree Street. One of the victims died, with the other taken to the hospital. Soon after, another call came in for an address at 1100 Peachtree Street. Once they got there, officers found one person shot. That victim later died at the hospital. Thanks to cameras throughout the city, the female suspect was located around 4 p.m. at the Atlanta airport. The suspect was apprehended prior to being in any controlled areas of the airport. That's Atlanta Mayor Andre Dickens. Police say this does not appear to be a random shooting incident. Dr. Anthony Fauci is retiring. America's best-known infectious disease expert says he plans to step down from his post in December to pursue the next chapter of his career. He has advised seven presidents and is currently serving as President Biden's chief medical advisor. Earlier this year, Fauci, who was expected to stay until 2025, said if Trump was re-elected, he would quit. Three officers have been suspended for beating a man. Authorities with the Arkansas State Police are investigating an incident in Crawford County Sunday morning. A video on Facebook appears to show the officers beating a restrained South Carolina man, Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson. This is not what our law enforcement community represents. It's not the proper response. Crawford Sheriff James DeMonte issued a statement saying, I hold all my employees accountable for their actions and will take appropriate measures in this matter. Again, this incident was in Arkansas. Prosecutors appointed to determine the case against two Atlanta police officers in the 2020 shooting death of Rayshard Brooks concluded that the officers committed no crimes. Former DA Danny Porter said Officer Garrett Rolfe, who shot Brooks, acted within accordance to Georgia law and that he acted in accordance with Atlanta police policy on the use of deadly force. He acted in accordance with the controlling case of Tennessee versus Garner and Graham versus Connor. And based on the facts and circumstances confronting Officer Rolfe and Officer Brosnan in this case, it's my conclusion that the use of deadly force was objectively reasonable and that they did not act with criminal intent. That's Porter, the former Gwinnett County DA. He worked on the decision with Pete Scandalakis, the lead prosecutor appointed by State Attorney General Chris Carr. Fulton DA Fonnie Willis asked for and was allowed to recuse her office from the case due to the actions of her predecessor. Atlanta NAACP President Gerald Griggs issued a statement disagreeing with the decision to dismiss charges against the officers. He said, 
said in part, we have two different prosecutors with two different charging options. Therefore, the case needs to be presented to a grand jury for the citizens of Fulton County to make the decision. During a news conference, there was a lengthy presentation before the decision was announced. Scandalakis took a moment to talk about how different this case was compared to the George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery cases. Both also happened in 2020. The Atlanta officers are still employees of the police department. President Biden delivered on a campaign promise to provide $10,000 in student debt forgiveness. Here's how it works. If you borrowed money and earn less than $125,000 a year, you'll be eligible for loan forgiveness. It's $20,000 for low-income Pell Grant recipients. Nearly 45% of borrowers would have their debt fully canceled, according to the White House. That's 20 million people who can start getting on with their lives. And to those people who said it's not enough... I believe my plan is responsible and fair. Other critics say forgiveness sends the wrong message. The president also extended a pause on federal student loan payments through the end of the year. And this will be the last pause. According to the Louisville Courier-Journal, this week, former Louisville police detective Kelly Goodlett pleaded guilty to one count of conspiring to violate the civil rights of Breonna Taylor for helping falsify an affidavit for the search of her apartment. Goodlett is expected to be a star witness at the trial of Joshua Jaynes and Kyle Meany when the former cops are tried on civil rights charges in connection with Taylor's death. A third ex-detective, Brent Hankinson, is also charged in a separate federal indictment. A Florida federal judge has ordered the release of the redacted version of the affidavit that supported the search of former President Trump's Florida estate. Judge Bruce Reinhardt's action came just hours after the Justice Department submitted a redacted version of the document used to justify the August 8th warrant. Prosecutors have maintained that releasing the affidavit could compromise their investigation. But several media companies filed for the release to learn more about the justification for the unprecedented search. Vanessa Bryant, Kobe Bryant's widow, was awarded $16 million as part of a $31 million verdict by a jury. The unanimous verdict was against Los Angeles County because deputies and firefighters shared gruesome photos of the basketball star, his 13-year-old daughter, and other victims who were killed in a 2020 helicopter crash. While the photos did not become public, Vanessa Bryant testified that she had panic attacks at the thought that they might still be out there. Before he was fired, this is just some of what was said publicly in Uvalde, Texas, about school district police chief Pete Arredondo. Our babies are dead. Our teachers are dead. We need justice for our kids. The Uvalde school board voted unanimously to immediately terminate Arredondo's contract. I move that good cause exists to terminate the non-certified contracts of Pete Arredondo effective immediately. The decision comes three months after a young gunman took the lives of 19 children and two teachers at Robb Elementary School. Three people were shot in an incident at an industrial park in Henry County Thursday afternoon. Two of the wounded people were taken to area hospitals and treated. The third person was treated at the scene and released. Investigators think the shooting may have been sparked by a dispute. A suspect was taken into custody. The heavily redacted FBI affidavit has been released. The affidavit cites evidence of obstruction, indicating probable cause to believe that classified materials were taken to unauthorized locations at former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago Club. One of the things we learned today is that the affidavit itself was written by a special FBI agent. Of course, the agent's name has been removed from the document, but we do know that the agent had a background in investigating people who unlawfully collect, retain, and disseminate sensitive government information. Several news outlets have posted a link to the affidavit on their websites. Rob Redding is here. And, and, and again, so glad to have Rob in the building. Tanya B is in the building. Episode 143. This is the G podcast. And, and you know, Rob, we just got talking, got through uh, talking about uh, student loans. And, and I, I played the clip from NAACP National President Derek Johnson uh, regarding uh, the passage of, I, I guess, the executive order. And, you know, one of the things and, and what I was talking about basically was how it's being framed in the general in the mainstream media. And what they don't talk about is the fact that, you know, black women top the list of the most educated I mean, overall. Um, they, but, but still, black women make up 40 percent less than white men when it comes down to pay. You know, the other thing is. In, in, in their lifetime, black women make up to one million dollars less in their careers than white men. 
And and another study in 2021 says black women were paid less than 70 percent of what white men were paid in almost every state. And I say all that to say um, it's a heavy investment. You know, when we talk about making an investment, you talked about your two masters. You know, I, you know, you know, a lot of women who have their masters, they get their PhDs. But in a lot of cases, it's a poor return on their investment in terms of what they put into it, what they paid when it comes down to the amount of money and the potential that they make. What, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that that's a conversation that's discussed enough at this point in, in mainstream media? Rob, I'll throw it to you. No. No, and and the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People knows that. Are we still colored? Are we still colored? <laughs> I just want to know. Like you, it, it, I, this is the issue with the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. This is the reason why I said that all democratic issues are not black issues, but mm. they try to make all democratic issues black issues. And this is not one that caters to black people. When you have sixty-four percent of black women getting bachelor's degrees, 71.5% getting master's degrees, 65.9% getting doctoral medical and dental degrees. This is one where black people are hurting more. Even in the speech, Biden said, look, you know, black people are hurting, really hurting, but he doesn't do anything targeted for specifically black people. How about this? How about he target programs directly to black people, especially black women who are graduating with these degrees? And if people, the other thing is, is that, and this is the big criticism that you have to make sure you apply, which there's no way to do that just yet. It's almost like they didn't know they were going to do this. But if you don't apply, how about the extra money go to black people, especially black women? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one. It's always been an issue with the with with black men and black women when it comes down to equal pay. The, the pay gap has never been corrected or or filled in in any way, and it, it's still the same. So when you talk about, uh, you know, in terms of payment, I mean, I looked at one college and I'm not going to call them out. You could call them out. But you mentioned the fact that New York, you're paying on an annual basis, 60,000 minimum to go yeah. to school. And mm-hmm. and one of the schools definitely here in the south, southeast in Atlanta, minimum 65,000 annual a year. Wow. And then you talk Atlanta, about that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And then you talk about one of the uh, almost, quote unquote, Ivy League schools close to 70 grand. And in a lot of cases, you know, you don't get the type of uh, money from those schools, uh, you know, scholarship money. Uh, it's hard to come by. So you you loan, you you know, you you really I mean, in a lot of cases, you look back on a lot of these doctors, a lot, you know, a lot of these, uh, you know, medical professionals, you know, you mentioned it, teachers, professors, they're in debt because the return on investment is a problem. Go ahead, Tanya B. Go ahead, Tanya. Oh, you know, I, I I absolutely agree with you, and you know I look at you know you look at people who, unless they are some type of athlete, where in that case the school will give them plenty of scholarship because they can pimp them out. If you don't play basketball, run track, or you know or play football, mm. you know that re- it's a shame, but that was the only way a lot of our people can get to college, and there was a time when they would go to college, be on a fourth grade reading level, get pushed through college, come out with this degree and could barely fill out a job application. That's the other side, I guess, of that coin, you know, if you will, which, you know, is is far from cool, but let's call a thing a thing. That's the reality of it. Yeah, so true, so true. So Rob, what's the answer? So Rob, what's the answer? I think the answer is to do targeted relief for black people that have gone to school, whether they complete it or not. Um, Tanya B also has a point that that's a great point that you pay all this money for education. You walk out, you can't do anything, you know, that you literally can't read, write, whatever, do arithmetic. Um, But again, if you go to school at any point um, that, first of all, you shouldn't have to apply. But if you do apply, all those people that didn't apply and forgot to apply, all that money should definitely go to black people that did apply and that do uh, qualify. Look, we already know who these people are. That's the reason why we know how much is playing is going to cost, right? So at the end of the day, we should be targeting black people that we have already said he said his own words in his addresses that black folks are disproportionately impacted then why are we getting the same amount of money why are we being treated in the same way mm, so true so true so so rob the other thing and 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 i want to definitely again go to castropolis.net uh we have a people poll there i'd love to hear what, what what the audience has to say especially 
uh, again, it, it, it's a conversation in just about every black household, or, or it has been. When you look at the fact um, in, the, in the conversation or the, uh, the, the speech, uh, the comments uh, from Johnson that were made on MSNBC, the 75-year-old grandmother, you know, still paying student loans at 75, mm. you know, that, mm. that's just ridiculous, unheard of, mm. you know, and, and, and that's something that really should not be occurring. Even, even when you talk about um, whoever is holding the loan, or the university responsible for her loan should have just said, look, at a certain point, you're not going to pay this back before you die. You know, so let's just go ahead and forgive this loan and keep it moving. And not only that, where is she going to be able to go to work to make enough income to even begin to pay that back you know I, I don't i think like i know there's a program in certain states where after you get to be 60 or 62 if you want to go back to school you can go back to school and you can go back to school and get or finish a degree for free and you know when you if you have to you know leave school for whatever reason you start a family you never go back whatever the case may be i think that should be just across the board to everybody and i just you know, look at um this brother named calvin tyler who's now a you know a big high level executive at UPS, he was going to Morgan State and he had to drop out because he couldn't afford it. Now, you know, you can talk about loans and things like that. There are some, like Rob said, there are some people that don't get loans. They don't get enough scholarship, you know, and those types of things like that. And they just can't go. And I applaud him because he's poured over 20 million back into the school for those types of students who just can't afford, don't get scholarships, you know, don't have the means because of their family's income, economic background, but also, you know, everybody who applies for a student loan doesn't get one. Yeah, so true. So true. So true. Hey, let's do this. Um, And and Rob, I want to move on because there are a couple of other things I want to get your opinion on. Um, Of the stories we covered that Mike covered, uh, five of them deal with police in some form or fashion and police misconduct. Uh, we still don't have passage of the George Floyd Policing Act. Um, h- how do you feel not having this is impacting a lot of these a lot of these circumstances? I mean, for example, Rayshard Brooks this week, um, the, the cops who actually killed him in the Wendy's parking lot, uh, whereas uh, Howard had had actually put these cops up uh, for criminal charges. Uh, the, the general. Uh, the state prosecutors, which happened to be Republican, came out and, and acquitted these guys. So we still don't have federal regis- reg- uh, regulations, uh, legislation in place, a bill passed uh, that was supposedly supposed to be the George Floyd policing act. But your, your thoughts on that? They should have burned down Atlanta when they had the chance. <laughs> More than the Wendy's. How about that? More than burning yeah, down the yeah. Wendy's, which is still a they big old hole with a fence around it to this day. Really? Well, yeah, they should have burned down the whole damn city. I I, I don't care what uh, Lance Bottom said at the time, but I was all for them burning down the city. And I know people say, well, that's destruct- destructive to black folks and their businesses and blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you something. That's what that's what uh, Transamerica and the rest of these insurance companies is all about. So, I mean, look, at the at the end of the day, the only thing white folk understand is losing stuff. And when they lose their stuff, too, and they would, they would. Because Negroes are not stupid. When they see enough of the stuff burning on the news, they really understand Negroes are mad, and they get they they get a, they get a tall glass act right. Yeah. Uh, you know when they got up when they really start to be reactive, and not to say that I abdicate. I, I don't condone you know a lot of this that went on, but people just get to a point where they have had enough. When they went up there and started burning up Buckhead. Everything changed because it wasn't black folks burning down their own neighborhood. No more. Yeah. yeah. Right. Good point. All right. One more question, Rob, uh, regarding the midterms. You're hearing a lot about a problem with black male voters in terms of uh, fall. I don't want to say falling in line, but you know how it goes. You know, in terms of how uh, the Republican Party speaks and the Democratic Party speaks. Um, But in terms of watching the erosion, black women have stayed in place when it comes down to voting for the Democratic Party, for Biden, 
uh, here in Georgia. We've got uh, the Abrams-Kemp race. Uh, you've got the Warnock-Hersel-Walker race. You know, it seems like black women are staying put. They're staying in line. The problem that a lot of people foresee is whether or not black men, which has the, the support has been eroding, uh, will come to uh, will go to vote this midterm and, and whether or not they'll continue to support the Democratic Party. But your thoughts, Rob, black men. What about him? <laughs> black men in support because it's been slowly, slowly <laughs> eroding for the last few years. But why? Why has it been slowly eroding? I don't know. I mean, you, you tell me. Are you asking why have they been slowly eroding or, yeah. why, or will they will they vote? Which one? Will they vote and why? And why are they nobody cares? See, I think the yeah. most important question is why are they slowly ero- eroding? OK, because yeah. if it, it because because nobody really cares why black men are slowly eroding. And I don't I don't know why black women are going lockstep with the Democratic Party. But let me just say this. Um, I think the problem is America's independent voice is the fact that we are running candidates that no one seems to like. Uh, and that is the issue. In addition to that, a lot of people that are quote, uh, that, that are counted as black men and th- black men are eroding, but a lot of people that are counted as black men aren't truly black men. They're like Caribbean men. They're like from um, the, uh, the, um, the, the Caribbean and they're socially Catholic. And there's a lot of going on with these statistics that they're kind of counting as black men. And I know we've been trying to get brown people to see themselves as black for a long time. But the problem is, is that some of them don't think, quote unquote, like black people in this country who have come out of slavery. So to the question about what is happening with black men, the erosion is happening because these candidates are not making the connection with black men. They're not making the connection at the street level with black men. Now, we know for a fact that black people, black men and women will vote for Democratic candidates. Now, I'm not concerned about the Democrats because I'm America's independent voice. But if I'm going to help you people out, this is what I would say to you. If they voted for Barack Obama, then that means that he made a connection. If they're not voting for someone like Joe Biden, who like says, you know, like, we just use him as an example, mm. who says that black all black um, kids are poor, who says who lines up with segregationists, who at one time said, you know what, um, I don't understand why we have uh, these claims of institutional uh, uh, institutional uh, racism, but then turns around and goes to Tulsa and then says, I understand it, I get it. So again. You know, he's also just this week talking about how black folks need extra stuff when it comes to going to college and um, getting relief. But he doesn't give them said relief. Again, these people are not making the connection within the Democratic Party at the street level. And then in addition to that, you add into the fact that these are off year elections. The the, the president is not up ticket this time. So these are, you know, and those are always slower elections. So you got to really motivate your base to get out. So those are those are the issues that the Democrats just know that those are issues, but they don't like to talk about them. It's uncomfortable. Just like we were talking about, nobody wants to talk about the student loan issue with black as it relates to black people, especially black women. Well, nobody wants to talk about in, in the reverse of that. The problem with black men was defined as black men first and, and that most of them and some of them that the ones that are not participating are not truly uh, raised in America, American values mm-hmm. from the ground up. Black men, and in addition to that, again, the issues as the the candidate is the issue with the candidate not connecting with black men. All right, final question on the news, Rob. What's going to happen to Trump? What are your thoughts? Where are we headed? Well, um, you know, there have been a lot of leaders that go to jail. I've got my attorney, Attorney Roy Miller, who doesn't seem to think that he will go to jail because it puts him into jeopardy if he does. It puts the country into jeopardy. It puts us in a legal bind. You cannot have a president, a sitting president or a former president that goes to jail. I mean, they know national secrets. You can't put a president on stand. They know national secrets. Literally anything could come out in the truth of their answer or in the fact that they could be extorted in prison. So those are issues as to why Trump cannot uh, go to jail. Now, what I will say is that not just Trump needs to go to jail, but he also needs to go to hell. But the problem is, is that, you know, he's looking like he's going to try to run. He might not run, but we don't know. But the best thing and the best case scenario, I think, for everybody involved at this point is that there's an agreement like there was with Nixon that, hey, guy, you know what? We could indict you and we might if you don't agree not to run again. And that's the bottom line. That's basically what we want out of Trump. We want Trump to go away. Mm hmm. All right, Rob. Hey, let's do this, man. Let's take a break. If you can hang with us, 
uh, hang out for the entertainment news. Um, so what we're going to do is go ahead and go to break and we'll come right back. Here we go. time, y'all. Sipping the tea with Tanya B. All right, Tanya B, what you got? What you got? Can you hear me now? Okay, the first thing I want to talk about is all this mess with verses. Now, you know, it was birthed during the pandemic by Timbaland and Swiss Beats, and now they, they were doing their thing for a while, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, let's sell it. So, yeah, they go ahead and they sell it to this company, Triller, and now they're suing Triller because Triller has only made one payment out of that $28 million. And, you know, since Triller really took it over, it just kind of went to hell in a handbasket. You didn't have that quality of artists. You had sound issues. You had fights. You had people showing up late, people getting drunk, and then they wanted to charge people you know, for it. And people were like, no, 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 this is not going to work. So I mean, if you think about it, like think about the debacle with, with the watermelon eating people with the, what was it? Well, you know, Ray J and Omarion and, and that hot mess that, that came, that ensued from that. And then you had someone like Keisha Cole and Ashanti and Keisha Cole was two hours late. I don't know people that went to sleep and woke up and she still wasn't there and people just checked out. So then you move fast forward and then here comes Puffy with his thirst trap of herself um, claiming that R&B is dead and I'm like if it weren't for R&B and all the samples that Puffy used he would have never had any records on Bad Boy. Think about that. Everything everything was a sample. I heard he's still paying Sting. Oh, him money from I'll be missing you. Oh, but Lord. I digress. So anyway. Hey, but let me say this Tony Ben. We said this last week on the show. When, when Trilla bought uh, versus it was late. I mean, they bought versus on when it was on its way down. The pandemic's almost over. People are back out and about. I mean, it was just really a bad investment on their part. So the whole lawsuit, in my opinion, it's going to get thrown out. Go ahead. Well, yeah, they're probably going to settle, whatever the case may be. But then again, Puffy says that. So then an artist that he allegedly put on Mary J. Blige, like chin checked him in public. Then you have Usher is like, you know, are you crazy, Puffy? R&B is not dead. And, you know, things along that line. Then Puffy tries to get into it with Timbaland. And I'm like, you know, I, I know Puffy's a thirst trap. But then you have, you know, R&B is not dead because, number one, we're talking about an era when talent and real creativity and instruments were required. And that was the lay of the land. You get somebody like Russell Simmons who says, oh, you want to save money? Get rid of the band. That was the beginning of the end. And, you know, it was track, it was tracks, it was DJs, it was samples, you know, again, the creativity. Now, I'm not shading any DJs because there are some out there that can get it in. Right, right. But I, I mean, a real live band like Motown, you look at all those groups like Cameo and Can Function and Cool in the Gang, they were bands and they, you know, they played. Yeah, so, yeah. anywho, I just think it's interesting that that all is going on and the fact that, you know, Puffy, I think, can go kick rocks in an open toe shoe because our, I think RB is alive. I talked about, you know, the siblings I'm doing next week on my show, and you get people like Patty LaBelle and Babyface and Stephanie Mills, Anita Baker, uh, you know, even Uncle Charlie, who, although he has reinvented himself, you know, people like Keith Sweat and, you know, all of these groups from the 70s, like the Delphi, uh, well, say the, the, the Blue Magics and those, you know, those, they ilk like that when they were real musicians, the OJs, they are still selling out venues and people are still paying top dollar to see them. If R&B were dead, I don't think that would be so. Well, I so think, Puffy, uh, you know, let me let me say this. It's different. And Mary J. Blige said R&B is not dead. It's different. Just like Tank's album dropped this week. It's a great album. OK, hers, yeah. hers still dropping uh, R&B. Uh, uh, Janae Iko still dropping R&B. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you know, I mentioned all these artists again before. It's it's not dead. It's different. And let's just move right. on. Everything evolves. But let yeah. me say this. It evolves. Most of the people that you mentioned and most of the people that I mentioned are able to sit down and write a song or they can play an instrument. What does Puffy play? The, tri the, the, the triangle? Come on now. <laughs> Come on. Okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> what you got, uh, Okay, let's, let's move on. He's no, uh, He's got all he's going to get from me this week. Um... <laughs> 
documentaries coming up. You know, Dionne Warwick's documentary was supposed to go to Netflix and it was supposed to go to CNN Plus. It's called Don't Make Me Over. The thing that happened was CNN Plus closed down before her documentary was supposed to debut. It comes on January 1st. Now it's gone over to uh, HBO Plus and CNN is going to air it. So Don't Make Me Over is not dead. Um, I understand there's a great PBS is doing a, as part of their master series, a documentary about Roberta Flack. And I really hope they will give her her flowers before she closes her eyes. So that doesn't come until the first of 2023 as well. Um, Dr. Dre says he finally has gotten the rights, the endorsement and all the permissions from everybody from Peanut and him and Barry Gordy and, you know, who shot John to actually do a Marvin Gaye documentary. I hope he does it. This has been in the works forever, ever, ever. Lord, it's been and in the works. Yeah, I'm it's like saying. the Richard Pryor documentary. When, you know, who, whatever. And what's interesting is uh, there's a documentary on Apple Plus TV about the Beastie Boys. Now, it's interesting. They were like the white rappers, the only the sole white rappers that came out of the whole Def Jam camp, you know, and Def Jam jumped off. And even they said, wait a minute, you know, we're tired of being the wasted white boys. They got, you know, duped and shafted by Russell Simmons like every other artist that was on Def Jam. And when they found out that Russell owned their masters, that's why they stopped touring because they didn't want him to make any money off of them, you know, performing the songs. So they all got together, got the money, they're getting their masters back. And I said, oh, interesting. Somebody got treated like a black man. But how many, how many docs do they, how many documentaries do they need on the Beastie Boys? They just did one on Apple. How many, how many really know, That's what I'm need? talking about. But it, it's interesting how they, you know, they talked about that. I'm like, oh, so now you're just talking about how, you know, oh, you know they did one when the, uh, the on. other guy passed away, no. but it was just interesting. So no. okay. anyway, and the other thing I want to talk about is uh, violence and concerts. I'm like, what is going on? You know, we have all these shootings and all this run amok going on. But more recently, if you even last year when uh, one of those babies, little baby or dead baby was at Rolling Loud, people started throwing shoes, people threw shoes at Kanye. Uh, little Wayne just had something thrown at him and he just said, I'm walking off the stage. Uh, they even go, hey, they even throwing stuff at Lady Gaga. And it's not like money. It's like, I'm like, how are these people getting these objects into these venues? If you throw a shoe, what are you going home with one shoe on and one shoe off? I don't get it, but I just think it's kind of crazy. And I think it's either going to be, that's going to be something else that's going to become illegal. I get, well, it's kind of like a solve, I guess. But the other thing is, like, are these artists going to start performing behind plexiglass? plexiglass screens now to protect themselves. Well, you know, they're throwing water bottles and, and every at every show, especially the outdoor venues, you got to have water. So so let me ask you, Rob, why do you why do you think these guys are throwing throwing these water bottles? I mean, well, it's if a I'm trend. paying $10 I'm asking, for a bottle of water, yeah, I'm not throwing anything. Rob, like you, you've heard about them throwing. You're in New York. I mean, that's, you know, so many venues in New York. I mean, what are you hearing about people throwing bottles at a lot of these venues? I mean, throwing bottled water at these in the, in the venues. People are looking for virility. They, you know, people, when people, we, I was having this conversation with my ex the other day and we were talking about sadism and we were talking about sadistic people typically um, are bored. They're bored people. There are a lot of bored people right now. Um, there have been bored people ever since the pandemic. They really figured out when the when 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 the pandemic came among us, what happened is, is they really figured out they didn't have lives in the first place. Yeah. But they, you know, have literally thought about just waiting to get out of their little man cave or whatever cave they crawled out of. <laughs> and now because we give one oh. knucklehead that threw a water bottle some some press, yes. everybody's throwing water bottles. Yes, yes, yep. It's just copy. That's simple. Yep, good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. What you got next, Tanya B? And, you know, honestly, there are some large festivals here in the ATL that are being canceled because of the threats of violence. They can't get insurance. And because Georgia is now this open carry state, you know, they are they really are in fear of people showing up. You know, you got to beef with somebody. Let's go down to the one music fest or the music midtown, you know, and start shooting up the place. So I wonder if that's going to become more the rule than the exception where these big festivals are, are being canceled. Well, I think the right states like the state of Georgia a lot of these open carry states are going to lose money. And 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 you know what? Rightfully so. Oh, absolutely. Rightfully mm -hmm. so. They should. All right. Mm -hmm. What else? They never have enough security anyway. So now we're going to get to the real dumb donkey of the week. And I want to just give you an update on the what I call the R. Kelly I'm on trial tour. Now, you know, he got 30 years in New York and now he's on trial in Chicago. This trial started uh, 
Tuesday this week. And it's interesting because now you had, I call his last remaining cult member, Joycelyn Savage, talking about she was pregnant by R. Kelly. His attorneys said she's lying. They wanted to keep her quiet. Now, IVF is not cheap. So I still say he's got money hidden somewhere. He's up here crying broke, but I, I've been through that whole thing. So I know IVF is not cheap. So now she's pregnant uh, by IVF. And I really feel for that little girl because your father is anyway so I'll just say this now the niece and this next trial in Chicago he is charged with um, four acts of sexual abuse of a minor one of them is the niece of that singer Sparkle you know the P tape remember that one and now she's 37 years old now she's testifying as is her mother and she said allegedly she's going to tell what really happened and they said they lied out of fear uh, from threats from R. Kelly and back then they were still getting paid this call with thing a thing but and I still say that well if R. Kelly only has $16 a month on his books down to the Jaya I don't know when the feds come and take this money I don't know if they're ever going to get anything but um, you know he doesn't want anybody who watched the documentary uh, surviving R. Kelly to be on the jury so I said okay what does that leave you it leaves you white men now they're saying they don't want any white men on the jury because I'm telling you if there were I really believe that he would get life with no possibility of parole but just the same I'm like okay so they're trying to draw this thing out by saying we don't want these people on the jury. We don't want those people on the jury. And at the end of the day, you know, what does that leave? Who does that leave? Yeah, you know what? Uh, I don't care about R. Kelly. I, I, you know, yeah, no, I, no, he's you in know jail. What? I don't. <laughs> and, and, I, no, he's and not. He, he will not see the light of day just based <laughs> on the New York. And don't forget, he's got another trial after this. But the thing about it is. Um, He's in jail. It's somewhere in his, <laughs> no, no, he's in jail. There's a difference. When you in jail, you don't out. get out. Yeah. He in the jail. Yeah. And like I said, they took all the money off of his books. But once they find where he's hiding this money, that's going to be gone too. And you know, I just think it, it's a waste of, honestly, the people of New York wasted tax dollars. The people of Illinois wasted tax dollars. People, I think he's going, it's Milwaukee next. Wasted tax dollars. All right, all right. I'm like, how many? You know, it's like, okay, he got 30. He's probably going to die. Okay. And nobody will cry at the end of the day. But my thing is, you know, okay, let's just do this and just be, you know, be gone. Bye. Poof. Okay. Next. Anyway, I just want, well, I want to close out saying five on it to Viola Davis. You know, she has joined the Hunger Games. Good stuff. Yes. And I don't even watch the Hunger Games, but I'm a Viola fan. So uh, right. I just hope to give her her due. And um, I'm pissed. Uh, well, I get. Uh, Idris Elba, his movie Beast I heard is doing well, but you know, he will not be James Bond because they consider him at the age of 49 to be too old. They want somebody <laughs> like Reggie John Page, I guess who they think is younger, that they can pimp until, you know, they, they pass away like Sean Connery. But you, you know, let me say this about that movie. They they really did a piss poor job in promoting it. And and honestly, uh, it got beat by like, uh, what's Dragon Ball Z. The first week. Well, they put ninety and, million dollars behind Dragon Ball Z, and, and they put and eleven point, million dollars behind Idris Elba. My point, and and you know, as long as you know they keep doing that to some of these black movies, especially a lot of people thought it was coming out in in September, and lo and behold, it's coming out at the end of August. So it, I mean, honestly, at the, yeah. considering at the box office, uh, it's a good movie. It's getting great reviews. Yeah. But it got piss poor box office returns. Mm-hmm. So, so there you go. One, one other thing I want to ask you before before we move on to my report. Um, uh, you know what I'm going to ask you about. Nick Cannon, number 10. Go ahead. I still say <laughs> there's something wrong with his elevator. You know? And I still say I get people, oh, he has the money. Yeah, he has the money now. But do you know what it's going to cost to raise 10 kids? You know, moving forward. And here's a gag about the thing. He's still not finished. Word from the curb is that by the end of this year, he will have a baker's dozen of 13. Now, with 24 hours in the day, how do you spend quality time with those kids? Uh, You're shaking your head, Rob. Jump in. Nick Cannon is not even cute. I don't understand. I don't get it. He like, must I have been have... Wait, you know, you know Dexter, Dexter St. Jacques, remember him? 
he must have been hypnotized because he is these women it's like he gets them pregnant leaves them and comes back and they be like okay daddy i i don't he must have the hypnotizer i don't Nick get it Cannon is laying that pipe that's probably what it is and it's it long might be down to his ankles but i'm just saying <laughs> you know he must have the gift and don't know how to use it but here's my, again my thing you know children need their fathers and there's not going to be enough time and he's got black boys and black boys you know they need their, their dads too but you know at the end of the day i just say this if Nick Cannon didn't have money, he'd just be a regular old ghetto hood father. Let's call a thing a thing. All right, y'all. Let's go ahead and do this. Uh, I, I got some stuff to mention. Here we go. What you watching this week, Tommy B? And you know what? You know, I watch TV. I watch movies. So I try to keep you guys up to date. I do the hard work so you don't have to do it. So uh, <laughs> this week, uh, I do I do want to say, and, and even though uh, we talked about it last week, I want to give the shy. I want to give the shy. It's due. Uh, they've been actually, uh, they're coming back. They're renewed for season six and uh, well, well deserved up 20% in streaming year over year. Uh, just my shy update. Duda, if you watch the show, Duda does what Duda does. For, for those of you who watch the show, you know who Duda is. And all I got to say, I'm not going, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but I will say, watch out old school Q. Y'all know who Q is on the show as well. Uh, the kids move toward forgiveness. Got to give uh, you know a heads up to them. That's a good message on the show. Uh, the, one of the kids, Kev, is feeling himself about his gaming winnings, stacks of money in his drawer. Uh, that's on this week's episode. Tiff, y'all know who Tiff is. She is messy, messy, messy. She's she dodged a huge bullet this week with Emmett, and and you know she needs to be worried about Keisha. She need, she really needs to be concerned. About it, 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 she's just concerned about her man. Her man really has forgiven her. Who she needs to be worried about right now is Keisha, because Keisha, y'all know she was abducted. She went through all that mess back, you know, I forgot which season, and and she's not looking. You know, how you got that look, that crazy look in your on, in your eyes. She's got that look. So all I can say is, you know, Tiff, you better watch out. Shad, you should have stayed in your lane, brother. Now you are womanless. That's all I got to say. What will Trig do next? Uh, Trigg is in an interesting situation uh, with his scenario. So uh, we, I think we might see what's going to happen with Trigg in the season finale, which is coming up next week. And uh, one more thing, I, I do have to you know, give them their, their props. Uh, you know, Lena and, and her crew have really done a great job with the shy. Again, greenlit for season number six. Uh, another thing on Netflix that came out this week, Me Time with Kevin Hart and Mark Wahlberg. And, and you know, I got to say this. This shit is a hot mess. That's all I got to say. I don't know who writes, who who's writing some of these movies. You know, I, I, I don't, you know, it's like when you've got somebody like Kevin Hart, who's one of the top comedians in the country, if not the world, and then you bring, you know, a combination of, of Marky Mark, who, who really knows how to play off people. How can you screw it up? And, and it's just, you know, it's all over the place. Too many. A bad script. It's just all over the place. Uh, a lot of, it, it, you know, it's supposed to be one of these movies where they do the sight gags and the kind of do. But, but it's like, what do you want to be? So so my question when I when I watch this movie is what's it trying to be? You'll enjoy it. if You know, the good thing, you know, the good thing about this movie, you didn't have to go to the theater to see it. That's the best. Yeah, waste you, your money. You kept your ass at home and watched it in bed. Don't you know? That's all I got to say. Uh, my review is it's a hot mess. Uh, I'm just glad I didn't have to go to the theater to see it. Uh, another movie, Amazon Prime uh, Samaritan, which kind of surprised me. Sylvester Stallone is back, 76 years old, playing a superhero. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, my thing. Uh, but but, but the, you know, the, you know, the Rob, I'm going to say this because you're a native. The thing I liked the most about this movie was it was filmed in downtown Atlanta. So when you're watching it, I grew up like around Butler Street, you know, the old, old Fourth Ward, all in that area. So I'm looking at all the landmarks. I'm like, look, there's the Butler Street, why, you know, YMCA. And I'm seeing, you know, it's shut down now. But the, the beauty of the movie, really for me as an, as an ATLian, the best thing for me is just watching all the, the black landmarks, you know, because they filmed it in, you know, right around that downtown area. Uh, it revolves around a young boy who thinks he's found a legendary superhero called the Samaritan, uh, who happens to be Sylvester Stallone, who is actually a, a sanitation worker. Uh, it's one of these, you know, classic good versus evil movies. Again, Sly at 76 trying to be 
a superhero. That's kind of like, uh, uh, I forgot his name, the old man. Like Schwarzenegger trying to come back. You, you, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. So, yes. So, so my point is, it's not a bad movie. I would say for the kids, if you're watching it with the family, there's some language and all that, um, but it, it's not one of the better uh, Slash Stallone movies. Actually, uh, his company, Balboa Productions, actually did the movie. And uh, it's not bad. It's not bad. I, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, and, and I can see a sequel. I can see a franchise coming out of this. But Sly is 76. So what are we going to do? Okay. Um, if you're watching Surface on Apple, Google and Bothell Raw, the season finale is coming up this week. So for those who are watching Surface, it continues to kind of open up and you're finding out more. Uh, looks like it's going to be, I think, eight episodes in the season. Uh, if you watch Everything's Trash, which I think you watch Everything's Trash, uh, Tanya B., uh, the season finale is actually going to be September 7th. Uh, and, you know, this is interesting. The, I, you know, I had talked about Resident Evil on, uh, on Netflix, and uh, Resident Evil has not been renewed for season two. Actually, it's been canceled. Um, the show went from, like, at the top the first week, fell into the middle, right around top 10. And then it fell like 63%. So, um, you know, that's what happens. I mean, when Netflix, when they look at a lot of these movies, they look at staying power because they want to be able to leave it in their roster, especially if it's an original. Nobody wants a Netflix original that after a month, nobody else wants to see. So Resident Evil is gone. Yeah. They gave up a lot of money and they lost a lot of money. And yeah. this is the price you pay Netflix. And you can tell, let me, let me play this. You know, Lance, Lance Reddick, Reddick, Reddick. If you guys watch John Wick, you watch John Wick, Rob, you ever, you ever seen John Wick? I did not. Okay. John, oh yeah, actually I did. No, back in the day. Yes. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a minute. That's the Keanu Reeves, Keanu Reeves movie. Yeah. The guy, the black guy who plays, who actually runs the hotel. He's at the, um, the concierge desk, you know, uh, Lance, he's the actor. He, this is, I'm going to play this for you. This is him on Twitter. Morning, everybody. I hope everybody is having a great weekend. Uh, so I want to do this video because I wanted to uh, do some acknowledgements and some thank yous. Uh, as all of you are well aware by now, our show Resident Evil on Netflix has been canceled. And the haters and the trolls notwithstanding, um, I want to give a special thank you to all the fans who watched the show, who got what we were doing, and who really loved it, because there are a hell of a lot of you. Uh, and I want to give a thank you to our fearless leaders, our showrunners, Mary Lee Sutton and Andrew Dabb, excuse me, Andrew Dabb, uh, my castmates and co-stars, Ella Belinska, Sienna Agudon, Paula Nunez, Tamar Smart, Adeline Rudolph, Connor Gassetti. To the executives at Constantine and our executive producer, Colin Scully, and to the executives at Netflix who believed in the show, who really loved it, and once again, who got what we were doing. We worked our asses off. We had a great time. And we made a hell of a show. Thank you. Onward and upward. Y'all have a great weekend. And you know what he means by that? By you got with... You know, for those of you who got what we were doing, you know what he meant by that? What he meant by that basically was we made it black, you know, mm. black characters. They had more black. Ca- he was one of the white characters that they made. They put basically a black man in the role of a traditionally white character. Um, the, the lead uh, female in the show uh, was uh, originally a white female. Um, they, they flipped a lot of the characters and they were getting trolled. Basically, you know, you know how it goes in that world, you know, folks on Twitter, social media, uh, you know, we're, we're trashing it. They, they're doing the, They did the same thing with um, with the Sandman on Netflix because of um, inclusion. You know, they put uh, you know LGBTQ characters uh, in uh, in Sandman on Netflix. They put uh, you know, they, they switch race from the original series. And I, I'm just wondering how many how many of these, um, I guess, you know, comics. Are when converted to movies, when they do that, are trolled and beat down like that. So, you know, that's what when he says that, that's what he's talking about, because you can see it all in the in the Twitter. Uh, He didn't come out and say it. I thought it was a classy way for him to wrap up the show. Classy dude. You know, even in his roles, a lot of stuff he does. He's he's a classy guy. So 
you know, I got it. And, and I thought it was interesting. And I think it's always good when young people, especially, you know, our kids uh, can see themselves in a lot of these in a lot of these types of movies, these big movies. So, you know, regardless, it was a good season. They gave it a good run and got 10, you know, 10 episodes. So, so be it. OK. Uh, two other things I haven't gotten to. One, uh, if you have a chance to check it out, I don't know, Tanya B, you're probably going to check this out. Uh, Untrapped, the story of little baby, not duh baby. But the story of little baby. Uh, little baby, you know what? I I watched the trailer and it's like so and so and so and so. You know, here is you know a man with you know a son who either was acting out or maybe in need of some riddling. Mm. But all he keeps talking about, I did this, I did this, and going back to jail and going back to jail. Now this may be a, a story with a cautionary tale and a happy ending. I don't know, but it did not grab enough of my attention for me to stop mm. and say I want to watch this. I might. Yeah. But I haven't watched this one on there on Kid Cudi. I honestly haven't watched that one. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah. Next. It'll, it'll be interesting to see. He's from West ATL. Um, you know, so uh, that, that debuted on, on uh, actually on Amazon on Prime Video this week. Also uh, in the theaters, which, uh, you know, it's going to get this week has been the lowest box office of the year. It's been horrible for for the movies. Um, but what, what, what came out this week was breaking, uh, that's the movie based on the true story, the desperate PTSD Marine vet, um, basically who, who, who took over a Wells Fargo bank in Atlanta. Uh, he said he had a, uh, a bomb in his backpack. Um, he was getting a disability check from the VA and lo and behold, they find out that one of the for-profit colleges is owed money. So they basically garnish all the money he was getting. This guy is PTSD a vet. They take all the money out of his check to pay this for-profit college. And he goes off and he basically holds hostage in a bank. And, and a lot of people uh, liken it to uh, Dog Day Afternoon, if you remember back in the day with Al Pacino. Um, and it stars John uh, Biego, uh, Nicole Bahari, and of course, uh, the late Michael K. Williams is in this. I think it may have been his last flick his last movie. So, um, you know, that's also in the theater, y'all. Go to castropolis.net. Again, uh, go there. Uh, you can leave uh, your messages there at the People Poll. You can always go on social media and leave us messages uh, about our stuff we do on the shot. And I know this week on the stream side, it's been a little wonky. Uh, not sure why I'll reach out to the stream provider, but the, the podcast is, is definitely always up every week. Uh, that, that ain't going to be a problem. And um, again, last thoughts. Um, I'll go to you, Rob, uh, before we close out the show, man. You got any, any last thoughts on, on, on anything? Well, just about the movies, um, just real quickly. Um, I want to love and dump the bad people. Let's love and dump just real quickly um, your your uh, mention of uh, Art Kelly and, and, and entertainment. Art Kelly and uh, Kevin Hart. Um, Kevin Hart's a very talented comedian. I wish he'd do uh, us a favor and use his talent for good and stop being a homophobic uh, comedian. And that's the problem with him and Dave Chappelle. So I'm not sad to see his movie not doing well. As a matter of fact, it makes me glad. I want to stop supporting homophobes, even if they are talented people like Dave Chappelle and Kevin Hart, and so should all of us. As far as R. Kelly goes, it's the same uh, analysis here. I mean, I can separate the man from the music, but the problem is it's separating the man from the music and people saying, how can you do that? And that's the problem with R. Kelly's mu music right now. So these are very toxic people that deserve to be dealt with and trash in a toxic way. There you go. Good stuff. Any last minute? Any last minute thoughts, Tanya B? Uh, the, uh, future doctor rating, all that. I just give you five on it. I say, Hold on, <laughs> yes. I got five on it. You you got five plus five. And let me say, to me, I don't find Kevin Hart to be funny. I just don't. People want to go. They pay money to see him. I know everybody has their thing. Some people like Cat Williams. Some people, you know. But I'm like, you know, give me an old school Richard Pryor, Bernie Mac, Robin Harris, you know, Def Jam, Bill Bellamy. Those dudes to me, mm. funny. Okay. Yeah. Um, I could say Kevin. I mean, when his his movies come out and his, you know, those comedy specials come out, I'm like, okay, next. I, I you know, look. The only thing I'm waiting for is that uh, next week. Uh, Sterling K. Brown and Regina Hall, that honk if you love Jesus. Yeah. And I, I'm kind of cringing about that because I hope it doesn't go like hood ghetto church on us. But, you know, we'll see about that. But, you know, I agree. It's like, you know what? Um, all I can say is that, you know, 
these people like the Kevin Hart's and the R. Kelly's and even some of these athletes that are out here. I'm like, can y'all please, you know, do good. And my thing is do good more than back to school. Do good more than giving me a Thanksgiving turkey because if I don't have an oven or a microwave, I can't cook that raw turkey you just gave me, okay? Uh, do more than at, at Christmas time or when it's the, you know, the end of the first quarter and it's the fiscal year and you have to do a write-off. You know what? Kick rocks. Yeah. We, You know, you know better, you do better. And if you know better and you don't do better, I have nothing for you because I will drag you for filth. And Tommy B knows I can do that very well. There you go. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you for that. <laughs> Without a doubt, let's give you applause. <laughs> yeah, I mean, personally, I, I just, you know, for me, I, I'm just, you know, I'm I, news on R. Kelly is just kind of like in one ear and out the other. Kevin Hart just needs better writers. And and I don't, I don't know if it's just him doing the writing or, you know, it's just, just get better writers. I'll leave well, it at call that. Pootie Tang, call Pootie Tang, oh, call Pootie Tang, call Tyler Perry, call somebody, but you need to just stop the madness, yo. You know, you know sometimes I'm, I'm sure comics, people like him and they like that, but... But you, you know, know what? But people, mm. Comics are funny. Sometimes they're better like a Paul, no, I won't say Paul Mooney, just some people who write behind the scenes. That is their gift. Just because you're a comedian doesn't mean you can... A lot of them don't write their own jokes. So, you know, some people just aren't Funny like that. Yeah. Well, I I read somewhere, you know, Kevin Hart in in terms of stand up is a very different person than he is as an actor. And what's interesting about Kevin Hart and many comedians is what and I've been on stage before as a comedian. So what is interesting about being a comedian is some people force their way on onto the crowd. Kevin Hart is a forcer. He he knows how to force him way his way onto a crowd when he's on stage, which is why he's quote unquote funny. But when it comes down to telling an actual joke that's funny, Kevin Hart is not funny. But again, we're coupled with the problem that Kevin Holt, Kevin Hart is a, a homophobe. And that is the problem. One that wanted to throw a baby doll house at his own damn son. Let's not forget that. And you can't just walk that back and be okay. And I heard last week when we talked about replacing him for uh, 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 what's his name uh, from The Daily Show, uh, Trevor Noah. Yeah, Trevor. And I still wouldn't watch the, the <laughs> anything the he's on because <laughs> he is... A homophobe, period. In the story. Yeah. Hey, Rob, how can people contact you, man? How, what's the best way for people uh, to contact you? Yeah, well, all of my information, actually, my cell number is on the internet. So, I mean, like, it's not tough. Like, people are like, I've been trying to get a contact. I was like, my creditors have figured out how to get a contact with me. So, and, and my phone number is on the internet. Like, it really is on the internet. And so, I have listeners that call me on the internet. So, you can call me on my phone. You can actually email me. My email is actually on the internet. I will respond. And also, you can just go to my website, readingnewsreview.com. That's readingnewsreview.com. If you really want to get real freaky with it, you can go to my robredding.com website and even learn even more about me. How scary is that? Good. Give it up for Rob, y'all. One more time. Rob Redding Jr. Again, every Sunday at noon, we do the, the weekend review. Uh, we do it. Um, we do uh, the special full version and then an encore version. And also you can check him out uh, midnight to six. We run all the old episodes from the year that, that that Rob has been gracious enough to send the network to play. We greatly appreciate all you do, man. Again, congratulations on your second master's. <laughs> <laughs> not the well, debt. Well, thank <laughs> I know, right? And speaking of the debt, we're going to pay that down. I'm going to make a special announcement real quick to you. Yeah. And right here on Castropolis.net, I haven't said it anywhere. There's a book forthcoming. Look for details. It's coming up real soon. I'm telling you, you're going to love this book. And it's going to be some big revelations in it. Wow. It's coming toward you soon. So keep your ears out. Pay down the debt book. Give it up. <laughs> yep. That's not going to be party, baby. That's not going to be. That's a rent party. (laughs) Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Be safe in New York, too, man. Be safe. You know, definitely. Why you think I'm in the closet right now? Why you think I'm in the closet? I'm out the closet, but I'm in. uh, Hey, but I'm in the closet right now. There's a ton of stuff going on in New York. So be be safe, bro. Hey, y'all again. Thank you so much. We appreciate all the cities, all, all the folks, all the individuals who support us again. uh, Every every Sunday night, the podcast is up by 11 o'clock. So definitely, um, you know, definitely check out the podcast. Make sure you share the podcast. Don't know where to get it. Go to castropolis.net. Again, thank you so much, Tanya B. Uh, Thank you again, Rob Redding, all all the cast members. Vi is out this week. No benediction. Uh, But, but, you know, I just send love, peace, and and all the goodwill to all our friends, you know, all the folks who are part of the 
This is the G Podcast family again. Thank you so much. And episode 143 is in the can, y'all. And we are out of here. Peace and power Power. to the people, y'all. Let's do it. Fight the power. You've been listening to the G Podcast with your host, Tommy B. The G Podcast is a production of the Castropolis Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.